Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Is it too early for an E-I-E-I-E-I-O? No. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Yeah! Yeah! Hello, I'm Charles and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast that follows the highs and many lows of Northampton Town. Coming up, what were we all moaning about last week? The Cobblers make their best start to a season for 25 years and we get an update on how NTFC women have got on in their first two games of the new East Midlands Women's Regional Football League. Premier Division season. We're without Neil this week, who is tucked up in bed with a lem sip, but I'm pleased as ever to welcome Danny and Chesy to the We're Fifth in the League party. <laughs> yes. Yes. Indeed, Charles. I feel like there's got to be a little little a little asterisk just here in the pod for a second. Only to say that Danny may well be a slightly delirious, and it's not because we're fifth in the league. He's had his second jab today. Yeah. So at any point, he may keel over and get a 5G signal. I might just fall asleep at some point. <laughs> but just crack on. Just crack <laughs> on. Just, just, if you keel just, over, we'll crack on. It'll all be fine. Keep on working we're around me. You'll be all right. <laughs> How are you feeling, though? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah I'm all good. All good. Good. Just a, just a little, little pain in the arm, a little, little bit knackered, but it's all good. Could be worse, couldn't it? 
Certainly could be. Um, Chessie, how are you, mate? Are you all right? I'm great, thank you. I thought you might say that. Enjoy your Saturday. Wonderful. <laughs> that, that wasn't was late... sarcastic either. It no, was no, great. No. <laughs> Can we talk about the change of plans, by the way, Jeffy? Because what were you going to go to on Saturday that you oh, then changed yes. plans for? Oh, big, yes. Big news. Big Watch It News. Um, yes. I was supposed to go to the <laughs> annual... Watch It News. <laughs> the annual watch it bathtub race but of in, a, in a sudden change of events how did we forget that was happening yeah but uh, yeah the bathtub race was apparently as brilliant as normal lots of sinkage um, good, good. yeah but obviously they sink oh, no. into quicksand so I, they I mean, have to be rescued quite quickly a, i thought it was a bathtub race not a sink race. <laughs> that's Very what funny. i was gonna say did yeah. people try and sneak in sinks into their bathtubs <laughs> honestly no. the tomfoolery I mean, that goes on there was one, one, one young man with a Belfast thought he was going to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just double check the rules of the bathtub race, Jeffy? There Is are it... none. It's just a free for all. Basically, People what has just to happen? Bring, bring so their they bath. have to make basically the the base of the of the boat has to be a bath. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. So they start off at the slipway uh, in their baths, and the then baths. they go out. They go out to a boy, <laughs> not an actual human right. boy, but a floaty boy. A floaty boy. Yeah. So, they, um, so they're going out into the sea, right? Yeah, yeah, into, into yeah, the okay. into the second quickest tide in the world. Okay. What do they What do they do with the plug hole? Well, that's Great the question. issue. They have to they have to fill it. So they have to have it <laughs> so that they basically some of them glue it, some of them like put wood over it or something. It's it's all a bit technical. <laughs> do 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 any of them just decide sod it and just take buckets? Uh, no, because that's an illegal. That's an illegality. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're not so allowed it, to do that in the boat race. So you have to go uh, up to the boy and back. Um, and what happens is basically give him a high five. They the have past. they have rescue boats um, all the way round, <laughs> just in case. Because lots of them have to be towed back because obviously <laughs> they all like start sinking. And then um, the lifeboats and things make sure that no one like gets uh, pulled into the quicksand because we have quicksand here, which is quite <laughs> epic. They used to do mud wrestling years ago, but that got banned because obviously people would potentially get stuck in the quicksand. So, but the bathtub race seems to still be going, which is really good. And then basically they have to go around the boy and come back, and it's the first person to come back, um, the, the team that wins. And they're normally in fancy dress. So last year we had <laughs> Donald Trump with, um, in one of the baths, which was quite entertaining. You normally have the Flintstones. Um, we normally have like a Disney themed one. And then obviously the bathtub race is then emulated in the form of a wheelbarrow race on Monaco Grand Prix weekend in May. And they have to drink as, uh, a pint in each of the eight pubs in Watch It and go around in wheelbarrows, which is exactly the same <laughs> format, but not in the sea. I mean, I've got so many questions. I don't know where to start. <laughs> I, and there what, are so many levels to yeah, this race. <laughs> the, the main question being, uh, can we enter a podcast team next year in oh, both of these events? Oh, that would be so epic. Please, that would be because amazing. I would obviously dress as... Um, some kind of like football related character but i would i the problem i've got though if we entered the wheelbarrow race um i would have to drink alcohol and i don't drink so i would have to drink eight pints because you both have to drink the eight pints oh. so i would I, I would lose because i wouldn't be able to do it but what normally happens on the first basically the first bit bit of the real wear race they go down the esplanade and what normally happens is they all go sounds like you've already had eight pints jesse i'll be honest <laughs> and um and what happens is they all run towards the table of beer and then it falls over so that they get away with it for the first one so normally it's about seven pints but the record's about three minutes <laughs> 
It's great. Hold on. What? The table falls over on purpose? No, people knock it over because they're all the wheelbarrows are all going towards the table <laughs> at the same time. So it's just it just gets knocked over. It is available on YouTube. It is a great oh. crack. I mean, well, we could just do a whole podcast and watch it. To be fair, could we? <laughs> we could. But they they Absolutely. play the Grand Prix theme tune and everything. It is of course they amazing. Do. Yeah, of course they do. Absolutely. Um, so. Out of interest, then, how, so how many people in a team? Is it two people for the yeah. bathtub race? Uh, is it two people in the bathtub? Yes. And what okay. do they use as oars? Do they have to like paddle? They themselves? have to make yeah. it. Everything has to be made. The only thing they're allowed is the bath. Right. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of cheating Just, goes on. To bring it back to cobblers, then, which two <laughs> cobblers, current cobblers players, would you pick to be your team? In the bathtub race or the wheelbarrow yeah. race? The bathtub race, because that, that's, that's yeah, that's bathtub. Oh, oh, you need you need two two small humans. So definitely Sam Hoskins and yeah, probably okay. Danny Rose. Uh, okay. What about what about old uh, little Johnny Maxted? No, 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 no. I you reckon. Be careful because... now, Chesie. Don't you say anything about little Johnny Maxted? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I I ain't saying now. Um, but I reckon that Sammy Hoskins and Danny Rose would make epic bathtub races because also we need to clarify, can they get in touch? Can they swim? Because if not, we need to change the bathtub pairing. But if they can swim, uh, that's it. That, that'd be rapid, uh, that boat, to be fair. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> rapid boat. <laughs> and take... we'd have we'd have some housery approach from Danny Rose because he would be knocking the oars of the other people. We'd be cracking. We'd be pulling all the plugs out of everyone else's belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously, oh, when they fall brilliant. out, they have to try and get back in, and then they capsize, and it's so fun. I I'm well up for this. I mean, do you think that because it's international break weekend, obviously? So what we need to do is obviously petition for leagues one and league two to be included in the international break for next season, and uh, and then get get this all down to watch it. Get Danny Rose, Sam Hoskins in a bathtub. Absolutely. And then what I can do is I can have a, a cheeky word with uh, the town crier of the town and get him <laughs> to arrange for us to have a head start so we win. So many levels. Uh, can um, I just <laughs> confirm there is um, a video of this year's race on YouTube for anyone who oh, wants to watch it. Oh, be, there's so many. And the one from last year was, was very dramatic because it was quite close and there was many baths. So, I, I, because obviously it was it was a uh, post lockdown, so everyone was bored. So they made their baths like in the middle of lockdown. <laughs> oh, so they had lots- oh yeah, they like they're probably dressing them up and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah are you yeah. watching it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> Someone you know, dresses a lion. Everyone thinks that it's Neil who is the one that annoys me the most. <laughs> it's so not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. This is Look. incredible. Um. Let's bring it back to Cobblers related. We are a Cobblers podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have known it in the last nine no, minutes. No, you wouldn't. Sorry, you wouldn't Cobblers fans. <laughs> uh, but that's great. From bathtub racing to Scunthorpe <laughs> chasing. I don't know. I reckon, work, did it? I reckon, Charles, right? I reckon that Scunthorpe United would be better at bathtub racing than they are at football at the minute. Boom. There's your link. Right. You crack go. on. 2 0. Oh, well, uh, there were some interesting thoughts, actually, that I noticed that we were actually having on WhatsApp, I think, after the game had finished, um, which is where I want to get to first, because in the grand scheme of things, a 2-0 win over Scunthorpe at home, good, solid win. If you forget about, you know, everything, because let's be fair, in, 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 what, eight months' time when we're looking at the league table and we're running through the results of the season, we're looking at how 
brilliant or how badly the season has gone. You know, we'll we'll just see Cobblers 2, Scunthorpe nil. We won't see the fact that they had a red card in, what, 30 minutes or something 20, like that? 20. 20 minutes, that, yeah. yeah. We won't see that. We won't see the timing of the two goals. It will just show... 2-0 win and, and that's all we'll probably even remember when we see that result on the results list um, Danny and I were watching it on iFollow International Weekend, thank you very much and you Chesie had gone to the football, you had changed your plans, which is what we were trying to get to <laughs> <laughs> from going to the bathtub racing to go to Six Wheels instead you had a different viewpoint to us that I found interesting. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. It really was. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. And I think I, I probably look at the cobblers through slightly skewed eyes um, in terms of the fact that I don't get there as often as those that, that live in and around Northampton. And I probably get up to six fields once a month, maybe twice a month if I'm lucky. Mm. So when it's a good performance, it feels a little bit better. But I think what you guys probably couldn't gather from being outside the ground, the intensity, it was absolutely crazy. And from, I think a lot of people in the ground will agree, from around the 30-minute mark until we scored the first goal, which was about 65, 70 minutes, I think, it it was relentless, absolutely relentless. And the passages of play... And I mean, we're not the finished article, um, but the passages of play that we put together and and the way that we played, the intent that we played with was was just absolutely brilliant. They were just on it constantly. We had a bit of a, a very small iffy spell, but that iffy spell wasn't that we were under loads of pressure. That iffy spell was that we just stood off a bit. But the defence was still really tight. So there wasn't anything wrong with that. We just tightened up the defence a bit and then pushed again towards the end of the match. But it was there was so much intent there. It was just brilliant to watch. It really was. I think, because I don't want to put words in your mouth, Danny, here, but mm. I think I felt a little bit like, and I think you're on the same page, watching it on the, well, the TV, let's call it that. Watching it on the TV, it... It felt like we were never going to break them down. It and felt, yeah, it felt a lot more frustrating than Jeffy yeah. was saying. It felt like it was one of those where it was just, we were just going to keep knocking, keep knocking, and it just never happened, or they were going to go at the other end and score. Um, and it felt a bit flat. It felt a little bit, yeah, just like it would never come. I think once it, once the goal came, it released a lot of tension and stuff. Um, but even then, I thought Scunthorpe could have equalised and it would have been an absolute mare of result. So it's it's definitely, we've been having a few chats, I think, on Slack and things about whether to pay a tenner or go in, go in there in person with a couple of people. And I think this proves the point that if you've got the chance, just go and witness the atmosphere because it it makes for a much better day, I think, of it than sat at home when you're, you're just not feeling all that tension from the crowd. It makes it a lot better afternoon when we do actually score and get that breakthrough. It releases a lot of tension and you can feel it a lot deeper when you're in in the ground. So, yeah, definitely an interesting like comparison between the two there. The, th- the I, thing I get is the... with it. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say I, I get the thing for me was the fact that I felt very much like we were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, but we didn't have anybody there to finish off the chances. I think literally at the point that I kind of actually said 
um, I think I said that to myself almost, you know, at home. That was a suit. That was when Sam Hoskins had that chance right at the end of the first half. That was the first time we really had what I would say was a, you know, clear cut opportunity to score. And the Scunthorpe goalkeeper made a, a great save to keep it out. But I, I, at that point, sort of went, or had it not been half time, you know, the whistle went pretty much straight after. I probably would have been going, it's just going to be one of those days. We're not going to score. And I think I even tweeted out or, or said on the Slack, one of the two, I sort of said, this has either, well, it has it has one nil Scunthorpe win written all over it for me. A nil nil will end, will, and a nil nil will end up being a good result because that's how I was seeing the game. But clearly, those in the stadium weren't seeing it that way, and and you must have been just feeling like it'll come, it'll happen. That's what at it felt like. It, it absolutely felt like. But but interestingly, Sean actually said to me, um, I think it was when was it Paul Lewis that skied it? Yes. Yeah. So when he skied it. And then when we hit the bar, he actually turned to me and said, this is just going to be one of those games. But it felt, it's it's quite obvious to us that, that as I said earlier, we're not the finished article and we definitely need um, some kind of real clinical finisher to either just erupt from the squad that we've got or to bring mm-hmm. somebody in, right? It, it's fairly obvious that that's what we need. However, from inside that ground with the, like I said earlier, the intensity that we were playing... It felt like luck. It felt very much like it just wasn't falling for us. And it felt like it, like it would eventually come. Mm. But it was it was almost like when it when we did score, the the outpouring of relief meant that we then went on the defensive, which is absolutely fine because if you can defend, which by the way, the defence is looking really, really solid, um, that's absolutely fine. But then to go and push again, that was a really good sign, I think. I think we had to unlock them. And once we unlocked them, it, it almost like the relief that came out of the, the fans in the stadium actually came out in the players. You could, you could see it immediately. And that's why I think they calmed down a little bit because it was frantic. It was absolutely frantic at times. Um, but you're right, we, we do need clinical scoring opportunities. But I do think that we it where there was elements of luck there. And uh, the bloke behind me actually was like, how have we not scored? And it was but there was just so many chances that sometimes were half chances, but like when he skied it, when we hit the bar, loads of things that that unraveled. And I think it's important to know that or to notice and to recognize the fact that actually we are going for it, and that makes such a massive difference. I, I know that we're not the biggest fans of like stats um, as individuals on this podcast, but I have found it interesting, the XG graph, is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Um, that James Hennigan tweeted out, which is I think it comes from at Experimental361 on Twitter. Um, he seems to do these for every game. Um the, it, it really does show you the tale of the game in a graph form. I mean, I don't understand how XG is calculated and all this, that and the other, but if you look at the graph, um, James Hennigan tweeted it on Sunday, then it, you see that both sides are very evenly matched for the first 15 minutes. The cobblers are slightly on top. 
then the then the red card happens and the cobblers take a little bit of a of a more of a foothold in the game but it actually gets goes back to being pretty even come around about the 30 35 minute mark and then all of a sudden we assert a bit of dominance and we start and then you know it culminates in that that chance at the end of the first half for Sam Hoskins but then the second half we completely dominated like Scunthorpe in terms of their xg it stays exactly where it did all the way through from the end of the first half keeper didn't have to move and yeah. that's not an exaggeration our keeper did not have to move there was no threat whatsoever and yet when we scored our first goal so when Danny Rose's goal goes in which we'll talk about in a moment it felt like we then started sitting back and Scunthorpe were growing into the game. This graph does not show that whatsoever. This graph just says we we just held them at bay that whole time. There was nothing, you know. I think I think for some because I was going. This is typical Cobblers. We've got a one nil lead against a team who have got ten men and have literally threatened nothing at all since they were put down to ten men, and yet now we're going to sit back and we'll probably concede a late equaliser in injury time. I think our defence is, is um, quite measured in their... Um, firstly, I think their their trust in each other, I think, mm-hmm. is there. I think their approach to defending is is significantly better than, than last year. And that idea that, oh, we'll just sit back. It Yes, they did come off the gas. They absolutely did. Everyone in the stadium knows that. But I think it was a level of control to calm it and to to get a good solid foothold of possession passing as opposed to really going intensely. We could have carried on intensely, but I think actually we'd have probably been undone in terms of we'd have done something silly. They'd have broke away from, from one of our corners or something. So actually I think, although it might've been a little bit uncomfortable when we sat back in terms of watching it in the stadium, not uncomfortable because, because Scunthorpe showed no threat whatsoever. Um, I think actually that probably helped just to calm things down and to just get a level in the game where we could control it. And actually to be in control of a game is, and and not have to have that intensity is quite a good skill to have. Because, I mean, Horsfall in that, and that defence were just brilliant. And, that, and I know Tim talked about this on the radio. It allowed the wing-backs and, and the freedom that they had was really the key to the game. The wing-backs were, were brilliant. Yeah, I love the way that actually we actually did seem tactically just brilliant compared yeah, we to were. Scunthorpe. We were Scunthorpe's brilliant. game, I, I did think uh, so. I do think that Scunthorpe deserve a bit of credit. No, because, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> Sorry, Scunthorpe. But they deserve the credit for the fact that they came with a game plan, and that game plan was obviously going to be they they would have been happy taking a nil nil draw right at the first whistle. Um, they came with this game plan of playing, they were playing like 5-4-1 or something or 4-5-1, whatever. And they were clearly just sitting there in, in a couple of banks to, to just defend and they were hopeful of maybe getting something on the counter-attack. Even when they then got reduced to 10 men, they still stuck at that game plan of, of just, we're just going to defend solidly. And they went really narrow. You sort of saw that their back four that it turned into literally just went across 
the front of the penalty area. So you know how the 18-yard box is. They are basically, they went really tight to each other, which meant that all the space was down our wings. There was, we weren't going to essentially be able to get through them, which is what in the first half it looked like we were trying to do. There were, there were too many long balls, really. The one criticism that I had of Flores, especially in that first half, is that he just seems to hit it long. I thought he was meant to be our creative player. But all he seems to want to do is is pick the ball up off the you know the toes of the the back four and then try a long pass. Now, granted, it was a long ball that actually benefited us because it it led to the red card. I think it was Aaron McGarren. I can't even say his name. It's Azamagaza. Azamagaza. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a punt forward, wasn't it? It was just a clearance more than anything. Um, but then Danny Rose latched onto it and and. You know, then then he gets brought down. It's a red card, and that's absolutely fine. But I felt like that that was what we were doing wrong in that first half. But then clearly, second half, half time comes rather, and, and John Brady and the team have a word. And second half, we are literally just get the ball out wide and get the ball in the box, and we did it over and over and over and over again until it worked. I think there's a lot to be said about Brady and his tactics in that sense, that he's changed it and he's changed the approach and it's not just gone, let's keep knocking on the door, let's keep throwing it into the box, let's try something different. And um, I think he's actually still learning a little bit in terms of how much he wants to attack teams. I think there's probably a little bit of nervousness going on about Brady because he's seen a lot of managers come and go based on you know, just losing the first few games and getting into a rut that, I think there's still a sense that everything's quite new and that he he doesn't want to go too gung-ho yet because he's just concerned about probably his job and getting the results at the minute. I think once it opens up a little bit, once the season settles down, he might we might see a little bit more from that. We've, it's definitely like a good sign, I think. We've had like, what, 22 shots? I know it's against 10 men, um, but we only had, I think I looked at nine against Port Vale's 10 men. So there's there's a massive improvement. I think a lot of the stuff that came down to it on Saturday was the fact that Scunthorpe was so terrible, <laughs> like they were, they were awful in a lot of, a lot of things, and that if we didn't get the result, it would feel like a defeat in some ways. Mm. Um, and so I think this early in the season, again, like like we said last week, we we get the three points, we win, and it's not a bad thing to be winning when you're not completely there yet as a team. Um, it's a good sign. I think it's good signs all around. Uh, particularly um, Danny Rose because he was just outstanding. Yeah, and Hoskins. Him and Hoskins. Yeah, Hoskins was great. You you also couldn't pick a man of the match because they were all brilliant. I actually said to Sean on when the um, sponsor thing come up and said your man of the match is, I actually said, Sean, I don't know, that could be anybody on that pitch. It could have been any of that 11, Um, literally, apart probably apart from our keeper, which is, uh, you know, a good sign. But... To to talk about tactics, I think there's uh, there's one thing I wanted to mention. I actually had a list of things, and the first one is um, the goal from the goal kick. So a bit a uh, um, Scunthorpe had a, a well, I mean a, a quarter chance, weren't even a half chance, um, and Roberts called for it. Now that was at the other end of the stadium, and I heard it right at the bottom of the west stand. He called for it. He threw it or kicked it, can't remember, um, right out and within five touches in the back of our net. Now, that's the kind of route... I'll take a bit of route one if it's matched with playing off the wing and then 
successfully executed like that because that execution was so was so solid. It was so good. But that that passage of play from you don't actually see it on the highlights, which is such a shame because it literally goes from Roberts to our goal in what thirty seconds, if that. It was just brilliant. Oh, Rose won the header originally, didn't he? Yeah, well. yeah. Which I think I was. What I think if you watch it back on um, a Will Ulrich's video that he's done. Um, from the pitch, I just see it in a lot more detail. And like Rose wins the first header, and then it gets passed out, out wide, and he goes back and has that hunger to get in. And I thought, mm. I think that's why I think Rose edged the man of the match. I think for me, it's one of the best games he's had for us. Um, yeah, like I think I slightly disagree that it could have been anyone on the pitch, but I think Rose just put himself right front and center to start again next week because he's got that hunger about him all the time. But to add that quality and to add the determination about it, he, he could easily have just sulked and you know sat on the bench and not wanting to get involved but he's fought his way back to the first team and I'm so happy for him that he's got back into it because he's could be a real real weapon I think I mean yeah I, I agree with you there I mean the thing that has been Danny Rose actually really annoyed me on Saturday when I saw his he didn't personally <laughs> when I saw his name on the team sheet I was really annoyed because I'd not put him in my fan hub predicted 11 <laughs> and I was like oh no um but I think over the past, because what is it? That's his first goal in 32? I think, yeah, I think it was 32 oh, game blimey. drought, yeah, before that, yeah. I mean, that's a long time to go, isn't it? I mean, are we saying, was his last goal then that that overhead kick against Lincoln? Must have been. So, I mean, that was what, December? Yeah, because <laughs> that was a long that time. Games, wasn't it, that we, we, we lost all of them, didn't we? Yeah, because that was just a, a consolation goal, wasn't <laughs> it, the last goals. minute? <laughs> He goes one game of throwing everything at the, at the Yeah. Game. But Danny Rose seems to have been that player that since or, or throughout that drought, all he's really done has been go up for a header and either header it on in some way, shape or form, whether it actually goes to, you know, one of our players as a pass or not. Or or shit house, you know, free kicks out of defenders. Well, that was the he way didn't... he got uh, matey boy sent off. So, well, well, you say that I like. I, it was definitely a foul, and it was definitely well, a... yeah. But he, he's very he's very good at getting that foul. And there's nothing I, I, wrong with that, by the way. It, personally, personally I, I actually was a bit annoyed at him for going down at first. I did think to myself, I'll take it on and have a shot and score, for God's sake. But, you know, he was, looking back on it, he did get fouled. He did get brought down. But anyway. Also, as well, that defender was a, was a big lad, so he would have done well, he would have done well to score against that, I think. Well, you say that, but I mean, he was in front of him. So the only way that the player was going to stop him from scoring was doing what he did, which yeah. is bringing him down. True. But I... I for me, the thing that has been annoying about Danny Rose, and maybe this is the thing that because he's not been scoring, he feels like that's the only way that he can be involved in the game. Maybe it is a, a hangover from Keith Curl, and it is that whole like, well, it's route one all the time. And I think we did see that a bit in the first half with him, is that he essentially was being used as a target man, which uh, he's not really. He can he can hold the ball up or keep the ball up that end of the pitch, not necessarily through hold-up play, but like through winning free kicks. And I'm so pleased that he scored and that the goal came as a real, you know, a real poacher's finish, isn't it? I oh, mean, absolutely, it's a, it's a, yeah. A low cross into the box. He, he gets in front of his defender and, and slams it into the back of the net. There's no chance the keeper's saving it. It's a great, 
type of goal. You know, the, the cross from Hoskins is brilliant as well. The whole build-up play is really good to get us in that position and for that goal to happen. I, I hope now that that actually allows him to kick on and we actually end up seeing less of the shithousery and more of the, well, you know, scoring goal. Because as soon as he'd scored, you could see the confidence was back in him. Because he was really going for it. He was going for, um, I, I don't know whether he, he, he had like pot shots and things, but you could see that he was hungry to get more goals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just having a look at his months of time at Mansfield. He had a similar kind of run at the end of 2018-19. We just didn't score for ages. Scored his that, first well, goal. That's in, why we signed him. Yeah. <laughs> scored, his, <laughs> scored his first goal on the opening day and then scored about two, three, five in six and stuff. So he still he does seem a confidence player, I think, and get him on the end of crosses because that's that's what that's where you want him. Like you say, Charles, get someone else to win the headers. Like Atese can probably grow into that kind of player. Get Kabamba up there. Get him on the end of chances and get him poaching it. Poach mm. it, Danny. Poach come it. on, because oh. I, I, I get the feeling with him. He just he just needed that one, and it wasn't like a yeah. scrambled one of his arse, was it? It was a proper won the header, fed it out wide, and got on the end of it. It was a quality goal. So, I just want to um, make mention of the fact that we all seem very, very happy, which is very different to how we were all sounding last week. Well, <laughs> what I, a difference I, a week makes in football. I don't think we were unhappy last week. I think we were just a bit like, oh, okay. What what can you get from a nil-nil with Crawley, <laughs> realistically? Yeah, there is that, isn't there? But, I mean, it, it's that whole thing. James Hennigan said to me on on Twitter, you know, Take a leaf out of John Brady's book. Don't get too carried away with the defeats and don't get too carried away with the wins. Speaking you know, about carried away. Mm. If you talk about a bathtub <laughs> again. Just get back to bathtubs. No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the King? You can, yes. So he had a cracking game, he didn't did, he, for his first but can, start. I, can I just point out, I, I, my reaction when that team sheet came out, I was like, this is going to be brilliant. This um, is what I missed the bathtub race for. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did you let out a little yelp of joy? I was so that? excited. Um, now, I, this is King Koiki, by the way, just before. Yeah, can I make a public service announcement? Um, can we please get, can Ali get in touch to let us know how we pronounce his name? Because I think it's really important that we pronounce it properly. So I'm just going to refer to him as the King. So basically, the King. <laughs> Just absolutely bossed it. It was so good. The, the couple of run-ins that he made were just brilliant. And I think he's he's. And I saw this comment on Twitter, and I don't know who I saw it off. And I'm really sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it, but not because I'm stealing it off you. Because I feel the same way. There's just something about him. I don't know what it is. There's just something about that player. He, I think he's gonna be brilliant. And I think he's going to be one of those that becomes a little bit like Vidane Oliver in the way that we really grow to love him. And I can't wait. So he is brilliant. I, I just think we've got a bit of a diamond in the rough there. And please get in touch, Ali, and let us know how we pronounce your name because we don't know whether it's Koki, Kioki. It's Koiki, surely. It's Koiki. I'm not sure. I'm, I need verification. That's fine. We'll, we'll see if we can get some verification for you. That's absolutely no problem at all. Wonderful. But I'm going <laughs> to just refer to him as the king. I love it. I mean, there's, there's, he's got to sing an Elvis song now, hasn't he? For his initiation, unless that's already happened, probably has, hasn't it? I would we're, imagine we're that's happened. In. I mean, where are we now? We're, we're September, aren't we? Yeah, we are, in fairness. Never mind, eh? Never mind. Uh, just very, very quickly, before we go to our little break, um, Sam Hoskins had a really good game, oh, didn't he, on his 250th yes. appearance, Danny? Yes. Danny, go. He keeps go. racking up these um, 
it's, it's like a new milestone every week for Sam Hoskins, it seems. Mm. It's like, what do you have his, um, it's like an anniversary or something, wasn't it? And then his, it's probably his birthday. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was, it was the anniversary of him joining the club, wasn't it? So yeah. it was seven years ago, we, he signed yeah. for the Cobblers. Sammyversary. Now yeah. it's 250th anniversary. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah um... 250th appearance, you know, yeah. and yet still, obviously, the fan base seemed divided. Yeah, it's it's it, we'll we'll talk about this until he leaves. I think he'll oh, he'll split opinion until he goes, um, and I don't think we'll know the best of it until sort of uh, what's it called? It I've lost for words. Appreciate it until <laughs> until he's you know until he's left the club and stuff. And he said, didn't he? On the, was it on the radio this week when he was saying about his ad offers to leave? He never really thought about leaving and stuff. It was, um, yeah, if you've not heard it, it was a great interview on last week's Cobblers show on BBC Radio Northampton with Mark Weber and Jake Sharp. And I, I thought it was a really good interview because uh, Mark did ask him outright, you know, what do you think of the the sort of the split, if you like? Do you pay any attention to the people that aren't your biggest fans? And, and likewise, do you pay attention to those that are? And I thought Sam gave a really good, honest answer. And the fact that it wasn't just let go in it, it was a really good... I did. I think they did play it, actually, pre-match uh, on Saturday on the radio. I just thought, actually, the answer that Sam gave was, was a really good one. And I know that you've written down, haven't you, uh, Danny, on our little running order sheet beforehand, um, four different things that he did throughout the, or in the game against Scunthorpe that show that he's he's in your opinion at least shouldn't be the scapegoat no well yeah he tried a thunder bastard within about 20 seconds didn't he almost <laughs> <It was> brilliant <laughs> almost scored with a little flick and mixed it up it was, a bit it was one of those wasn't it where you just sort of went if that had gone in that oh. you feel like he'd have run around the stadium doing a lap of honor shushing <laughs> the crowd <laughs> but i think he's he's learned any to um just take it on board and take it on the chin like I said, I think I said it on the Patreon podcast this week um, that you know he's he's grown into his his own under under Keith Kell probably and and the you know there's always going to be that split about him because of the potential of what he can do. But we know what he can do. We know he he can cause problems and like it like he showed on Saturday, he tried that long range. He almost scored a little tap in. Then he assisted the goals and then potentially scored. We're not quite sure. I don't think it was his goal but I think he's been credited with it um he just gets in there doesn't he and he's he's seen off so many people so many players from the start of the 11 and like the, you can't argue with with as many managers as there has been that's thrown him in um because he's ahead of Connolly for me in the minute yeah Might it's interesting so. isn't it I mean I yeah we won't go into any more than that I you could do a whole podcast just talking about Sam Hoskins I think, oh well because... I have done Charles but you didn't release it to the public so <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, nobody wanted to hear four hours of you <laughs> talking to yourself. It's all Hoskins to me. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in a moment. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash 
Cobblers to Me. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It's it's all cobblers to me, and uh, it's time for a bit of this. It's time to read your letters out to hear what you all think about the mighty cobblers from the town. Are we going up or staying down? Just have a rant. Have some fun at it's all cobblers at gmail.com. A tweet, WhatsApp, or on the Slack. It's time to empty Neil's sack. I'll get me coat. The competition is still open. I want to say that it is still open, but it does feel like we found our winner. <laughs> Malcolm, <laughs> you are incredible. It's the bit at the end that gets me. I'm waiting for it at the end. The emptying Neil's sack bit was. Absolute genius at the end. <laughs> Gets me every time. Um, we've got an email, haven't we, Danny? We have. Roger Green has been in touch. Uh, he says... "This is." Can I just say, this is really disconcerting to me because Roger Green, who I do not know, uh, but my granddad was Reginald Green, oh. and I saw his name pop up in the email, and I thought, oh, because it only came up with R. Green on my email, and <laughs> I just went... He's been gone for many, many years, and he was a QPR fan. What's he doing emailing in? <laughs> Roger, he, uh, let's find out. He says, um, I agree with your issue about the need for another striker. When in Wilder's season, we reinforced the striker options in the January transfer window by signing Collins and Marcus. It gave the added push to finish the season more strongly. Uh, history dictates that not many players have scored a no- decent number of goals in the season for the Cobblers. Scott McLeish was about the most consistent forward, uh, followed by Forrester and Steve Howard. In the more recent past, we've struggled to come up with a proven striker. We always seem to go for people who have no real track record of getting into double figures for goals a season. In terms of the negativity about the cobblers um, in social media, this is par for the course with social media. I also follow Rugby League in the Northwest. There you go, Charles. Uh, since mm-hmm. I moved away from Northants some four years ago, and despite the high performance of St. Helens in the Super League, there are still people, mm-hmm. so-called supporters, who always have a whinge and a negative towards the club they supposedly support. So I don't think the cobblers' whinges are of any real significance, just par for the course. Fair enough. Thank you, Fair Roger. Enough. Um, we had a tweet, which I know that Chessie is going to be delighted. It's from <laughs> at Finn H2906, who simply asks, uh, did you like Danny Rose's reverse sliding challenge? Uh, this is in relation to, uh, I think it, it was like a roly-poly, line the floor, I'm going to tackle you. <laughs> it was just sensational. It, it was just... that. Say it, it again, defi- it was sensational. It, it, defied, <laughs> it defied kind of logic speed and gravity really it was like well i'm not gonna get this away any other way apart from doing a roly-poly so roly-poly rosie is his new name (laughs) (laughs) roly-poly rosie yeah absolutely i mean i don't even know how what he thought of but it was just genius it was just genius it really was but the best thing was as well is it completely relieved the pressure so it like normally that kind of thing ends in tears right but it was just like, oh, I've done that. That's great. Oh, pressure's off. Crack it's, on. It still, it still kind of did, but they were tears of laughter and joy. <laughs> it was, it was so This good. is the kind of thing that last, if this happened last season, we would have spent a whole episode talking about. 
Yeah, well, yeah, because we'd have lost the game. <laughs> you'd yeah, have you're lost right. 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, staying on the theme of uh, Danny Rose, Rodney Marshall asks, can we have an analysis of Horsfall's hair-flicking involvement in the Danny Rose goal-scoring gif, please? Um, you certainly can. First of all, have you seen Danny Rose's gif, both yes. of you? Yes. Both the Can I ask you? Top draw. On... They they were brilliant. I enjoyed them. Can I just ask for Danny Rose? What the what the what? <laughs> Do either of you understand it? I mean, it's incredible. The joy in it is wonderful. It's one of those, It's one it. of them that's obviously an in joke, isn't it? Of some sort. It must be. Um, it can, must can, be. can we just appeal to Danny Rose if he's listening? Danny Rose, can you please do a roly poly? <laughs> Gift now. Yeah, as a gift. Yes. Please. Yes. yes. Roll like up with a roll around on the floor. Brilliant. Oh, just just roll, roll up in a carpet. Oh, that would be incredible. Um, so um, Fraser Horsfall's hair flicking. I mean, his hair's amazing at the moment, isn't it? I know, it is bright. I know Neil's not here, but Neil will be listening to this right now going, love a bit of that hair. <laughs> it is delightful hair, you have to say. It is, and he uses it, is it to good effect as well. I reckon that's why the defence are doing so well, because it's so bright that they just know exactly where he is. <laughs> but it, well, we again, could have said that about Keen Bolgers, though, couldn't you, to be fair? Now, now, don't now, now. Oh, Let's stop, not stop go swearing. anywhere near. Yeah, let's not go anywhere near <laughs> that one. But Horsfall's just in a completely different league to what he was last year. Completely. I mean, yes, he's in League Two, not League One. But in terms of his confidence and his authority, just... He just stamps authority on that game. And, and he's like, you know, the analogy that Mark Richards used, fire in your belly, and you're not letting anyone pass this defence and ice cool up front. We haven't got the ice cool 100% right, as we know. But that fire in your belly analogy for the defence, I think I think we're, we're really on a, onto a winner there. I mean, that could backfire sensationally. But... <laughs> of course. Um, it's all cobblers at gmail.com for all of your questions, cobblers ramblings. Um, and, and also don't forget we are giving out international cobblers ambassadors. So, uh, if you are an international cobbler, then let us know who you are and where you're from. And, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll dub you the uh, ambassador for that, <laughs> for that region. End dubs are coming nowhere near it. Uh, right. It's time for one of our favorite little segments. Um, we've got a lovely update from Alex Bartlett of NTFC Women, who started their league season uh, in the last week. So here's Alex with a bit of an update as to how that's gone. It's been a challenging week with two games uh, to start the season, but I think as a team, we've handled it very well. Winning the first game 6-0 and killing the game in the second half with four goals, it was it was a must uh, to get those three points midweek playing away and to even get a clean sheet is, is something not many teams can do and so it was it was a great opener to the start of the season and starting it on a high and obviously we want to continue that and and with that first game of the season it was it was like everything that we had learned in training all the friendlies that we've had over this period of time uh, it was it was just like everything had, had come together for us it honestly it just it felt so good. It, that feeling of just everything you've learned, all that hard work, had just had come had come together. And going into Sunday's game, 
uh, we knew it was going to be more of a challenge. Um, it was a game that we focused on straight after finishing that game Wednesday. We we had we managed it well to get our first goal early, and we did seem to struggle slightly after getting that first goal. Um, it was a very very hot day um, against Outsbridge, but. You know, we we stuck to it. We we stayed focused, and we came off with those three points again with with three goals and a clean sheet. Um, you know, so two wins with our first game, with with two games in a week is is decent, and it's we've we've started well. We're on a high, and we want to continue that. Um, so now uh, we just need to recover. And, and focus on our next game. That's Alex Bartlett of NTFC Women, who have had a cracking start, I think it's fair to say, to the season, Danny. Oh, um, what's that? What's that? I mean, it, it's, it is absolutely brilliant what they've managed to achieve. I think, actually, I'll just bring it up here. There's a tweet from uh, one of the joint managers. Um, I will find it, I promise. Um, which basically uh, said, week one done. Six points, nine goals, seven different scorers, two clean sheets. It's good to be back. That's and, uh, and Cheska Josh Partridge Oldfield. in a Petri. Can I just add that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to shut that in. Uh, top of the yeah. league as well, Charles. Are they? I yeah, mean, it's two games league. in, Daddy. Yeah, top of the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think it's really positive, isn't it, on the back of the um, her game two partnership that the club have put out as well. What a brilliant week for that to all cumulate in and and be kind of the product of because it obviously shows that that women's football in the town is doing really well so I, th- I just think it's brilliant absolutely um big shout out so uh, the first game woodlands ladies nil northampton town women's six um so seska partridge uh, got two uh, alex dix uh, gracie williams rachel st john moss which has got great to be one name. of the best names great ever. name uh, and our very own abby bruin got on the score Good. sheet Yes. Uh, and then on Sunday, uh, it was the first home game. The girls play their uh, games at Harpole FC. Um, uh, normally a two o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. So do get down there and uh, and watch them if you can. Um, this Sunday, they played... Uh, now, I, get, I, I know I'm going to get the name wrong, like how you say it, but I love this name. Orty Bridge War Memorial Football Club. Incredible. Orty Bridge, or, or, or maybe it's uh, maybe it's Orty Bridge, Outy Bridge, Outy Bridge, or maybe I don't know. I love Outy it though; Bridge. it's great. Anyway, they were they were three nil massacred. Uh, Leah Cadone, Rachel St John Moss again, and Abby Rebel, um, who apparently finally finally got off uh, the mark. Um, I don't know whether that was just meant as in this season, um, because I'm sure Abby Rebel has scored before. Um, maybe she had lots of attempts and uh, and just couldn't quite manage to to score in the first game, possibly. Um, but yes, so a, a great start, absolutely fantastic. No game this week, by the way. Um, so it should have been an FA Cup qualifier um, this coming weekend. However, uh, NTFC women were handed a bye, so are Ooh. into the next round automatically. Yes. So on. I think still still the qualifying rounds, a couple of those to go before we get into the FA Cup proper 
Is that what they call it? First yeah. round proper? Mm-hmm. You've got to say it in the voice of Trevor Brooking, Charles. When he does oh, I couples. couldn't possibly. Proper. proper. <laughs> there, there you go. That's probably all I can do. Um, so, yeah. So, fabulous. Absolutely loving the updates as goals, well. Goals, 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 and goals, Charles. That's what we love to see. Goals. Yes. yes. Um, so, just just so you know, keep up to date with everything um, with regards to NTFC Women um, by going onto Twitter and typing in at NTFC Women. Uh, that is their Twitter handle. Or you can go on Facebook and search for them as Northampton Town Women. Um, keep up to date with all the games, what's going on at them. And, uh, yeah, um, really is great to see the women's side doing so well I, I really think they're going to have a fantastic season and we'll be back with uh, more updates throughout the season as well um, we love being involved uh, sponsoring Abbey of course and we do that with your help from the Patreon so if you'd like to get involved so that you you know and you want to support the podcast and, and that then supports us in turn to support Abbey and the NTFC women's team then just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me um danny yes it's time to take a look around league two now let's have a little let's have a little trip shall we let's have a little trip should we start oh 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 you're teasing me uh... (laughs) should we should we start up north uh how far north do you want to go Uh, sort of yorkshire way yorkshire way what's up yorkshire way oh harrogate harrogate yeah sorry i was looking at mansfield because that's not because that's where they were playing but Yes, oh. Harrogate. There, top of the league, Charles. I don't which believe which will it. come as quite a surprise to both you and Jeffy, who predicted them to go down. Can I can I point <laughs> out time. that that, that I don't know whether uh, you're aware. I think I may have mentioned this before. Sean does an outrageously wild bet um, that will never come to fruition, and he got Harrogate. He's got Harrogate as getting promoted from League Two. Oh, oh. love it, love it. Oh, but, um, Mansfield had two players sent off, which probably helped the course. Um, and that was um, in the same move that like, there was a ball forward and I think someone got sent off for the foul and then during the build-up someone oh, yes. else smacked an opponent in the face or something. <laughs> yeah, <I heard> about <laughs> it. So they both went at the same time. Um, but that fair uh, play to Harrogate, doing, doing well. I love the way that you've gone straight from this to a fight at Stevenage on the full-time whistle, Danny. Please, please explain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was struggling for stuff at League Two at this point, but um, so I was just watching the Quest highlights, and um, I don't know what quite what happened at Stevenage. They just drew with Swindon, um, and there was some sort of ruckus right at the end. Oh, there was a penalty for Swindon, sorry, right at the end, that was it. Have you seen um, this penalty, by the way? Have yes. you seen the decision? What's your thoughts on it? Penalty uh, dodgy. or not? Dodgy. At, I, at think most, dodgy. I think dodgy. Yeah. Yeah, but, if you um, haven't seen it, you'll you'll find it on Twitter. I'm sure Quest have put it out as a highlight um, on their tweet package. It can on be classed as a highlight yeah. or a low light, depending on your persuasion. <laughs> also, talking of Thunder Bastards from Hoskins, Chris Lines. Yes, did you see that? Oh one? yes. Oh, that, if that goes in, that's talked about Ooh. in Stevenage for many a year. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was anyway. There's that in the fifth uh, fifth runway. That's probably all they've got to talk about, isn't it? I don't get me started on that. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, Harry Smith scored twice. Yes. For Leighton Orient. Good to see him smiling. Yeah. If you've not seen the photo, he looks like he's enjoying his football, which is lovely to see. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got to get off this whole, oh, Harry Smith scoring all these goals. Uh, we're not scoring any kind of thing. Just, I think we're oh, just, yeah. it's the type of character that he is. Just be happy for him that he's found a good club and a manager that's getting the most out of him. And it's difficult when 
sometimes when we're not scoring. But it's so good to see him playing happy again and looking happy and scoring all these goals. Good for him. Do, do you not Well, yeah. Do you not think though that maybe, especially judging by the way that we played on Saturday, that actually we would be suiting his type of play? Yeah, it, it's possible. I think it's sometimes it's just the manager situation and that kind of thing. I think he just needed a fresh start. To be fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, anything else from League Two that you've wanted to talk about? I mean, there's plenty of stuff going on at Oldham at the moment. I've noticed there is, including um, our friend. Uh, is that, his name is actually close to being our friend, <laughs> <laughs> our friend Zanzala. You know, he scored that wonder goal the other week for for Barrow that you didn't think was a wonder goal, but clearly because was. It he, is, sco- it wasn't. He's, yeah. he's, he scored another absolute peach, Charles. So it was that really up. good, wasn't it? <laughs> Was this one? Was this one more or less of a wonder goal than the last one, Daddy? Uh, probably slightly less, but still. <laughs> so, so it wasn't a wonder goal. <laughs> is what you're saying? Right, okay, I've got it. So we scored a goal. Well, it, don't, it, don't take a, it don't take a lot to um, to get, to give wonder goal status for me. <laughs> get, get him in. He looks a top talent. This this lad. Get him in. And but yeah, Keith Cole's not having a good time, is he? At Oldham. It's a, He's not. There was a little pitch invasion, which started out with two people, I think, in the centre circle. And then it escalated and you just see Keith Cole wandering out into the pitch, just uh, trying to calm things down, but knowing I he don't, can't. I don't know what... what the... Did he go out of a hot chocolate? <laughs> That's what he did after the playoffs, yeah. wasn't he, to calm himself down. I'm just going to have a hot chocolate. Oh, yes, <laughs> Keith Cole, what a legend. I don't know what Keith Cole thinks that he'd be able to do, because obviously the, the issue that the fans have isn't with him. Or the players. I mean, it's, obviously, it's not helping the situation that they're rubbish, but their issue is with with the the two owners or the owner and his brother. I don't quite understand the actual uh, dynamics of the situation, but from what I've seen, the the Oldham supporters, I think they're a federation rather than a trust. Um, I had a meeting with the owners last week. Um, <coughs> excuse me. They had a meeting with the owners last week and they basically then put out a statement on Friday saying they weren't very happy and then and then announced these three phases of action that they would take if they didn't feel like the ownership were basically listening to them in the future or weren't going to be interacting with the support base. Um, Sorry. It was all a bit... Um, basically saying you know do what we say otherwise we will basically get rid of you um which you know i've got no opinion on as such but it, it doesn't seem like everything is rosy up in oldham and it also doesn't seem as though a lot of people uh you know that a hundred percent of the fan base are aligned with the same thinking of the supporters federation no it's got one of them feels about it of just an absolute shit show isn't it I was just about to the, say. By the it time just it takes like to sort out, it just seems like God. You can just see him sinking, can't you? And it's, it's. I don't think Keith Cole's got much to do with it. I don't think he. He always says in interviews that he's completely separate from everything, and he doesn't want it to impact the, the playing stuff. But it obviously will. He, he was back. He was back talking about upward curves after the game. So I don't think he wants to get involved at all, which is fair enough. Um, you just yeah. feel sorry a little bit for him that he's in that position. But I don't. I've, I've, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I don't think it matters who the manager is at the minute for them. It's no. it's clearly having an impact on it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, 
we we can't go a podcast it seems without having a little update from what we've now dubbed John Yem's corner. <laughs> oh yeah, so he, he was at it again one because he was they just lost the Bristol Rovers. Um, yeah, again, it was just a standard John Yem's interview, I think, because he's. But they rolled out. I think it was Tony Craig, who's is he assistant? I think maybe. Um, so they they made sure he went after John Yems, and you could tell the relief in the interviewer's voice when <laughs> Tony Craig was got there, because um, you don't want. There's the worst job in football at the minute is interviewing John Yems after a defeat. Um, but that's on YouTube again. Uh, latest instalment of John Yems' corner is is up. <laughs> Just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, well, well, look. Um, before we go, um, uh, how are we feeling about the week ahead? I mean, are we confident we've got Forest Green up next, have we, or is it Newport? Forest, Forest Green, Green Newport, yes. Swindon. Yeah. So Forest Green up next. It's the Jeffy Derby week. Is it? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Forest Green and then and then Newport. Then Newport, yeah, then Swindon. Right. Honestly, I could oh. not have picked a better week. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, like we said before, a week is a long time in football. Um, Forest Green are probably going to be our first big test, would you say, Jesse, uh, Jeffy? I think we're going to win 17-0. Oh! So I don't think they're going to be testing us. Till, no, I'm joking. I actually think this is... I think there was a turning point on Saturday um, in terms of confidence. I think this will be... A nev- if we win, this will be a really good indicator of the fact that we can challenge... If we don't do so well, we'll probably be a crash down to earth, but probably an assessment of what we need to do. Um, but I, I'm confident, more confident now off the back of Saturday than I was before. Yeah, it's going to be really different, I think, going to Forest Green because we got a little bit of a glimpse in the Pizza Cup about the way that they play, like the pass and move in, and it did cause us a lot of problems at times. And that was, I don't think, their first eleven. Um, so it's going to be it wasn't tricky short one, but... a bit though, Danny. It wasn't was too it... short. No, it was yeah. only about three players short, and mm. we ch- all of ours were pretty much kids, weren't they? It, yeah, I don't know if it's kids. It's more like not Any. non-starters and, and Neil, wasn't it? Um, but, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a, mass, a, di- a very a different test to what we can do. I think um, on mm-hmm. Saturday, but let's go and embrace it. Come on, yeah, if go we go and there and win. The if we go pies. there and win, suddenly if we if we win there, then it becomes a different season already than in terms of expectation yeah. and what we go into um, in the next few games. Because uh, we'll yeah. might even start to get excited, Charles. Ha! Careful, <laughs> careful, careful, careful. Um, j- just to finish, uh, we've had a very, very uh, late uh, tweet from Andy Durant, oh, yeah. um, who just simply says, in reply to um, whether you've got any last-minute questions for the pod, uh, Andy said, yeah, it's about Pele. <laughs> thank you very much for listening um it's been fabulous having you here as always don't forget to check out the website cobblestome.com or check all of our other content there or on the fan hub app um yeah or or join the patreon because and believe me if you join the patreon in time for this week you'll be in for a treat there's a whole podcast dedicated to jeffy's rubber duck updates That's it for this week. Thanks very much. E-I, 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 O. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. 
This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.